So, I'm happy to see you. And I'm very glad that you're here. And it dawns on me that we've made it through another week. And I guarantee that not one person here has the sense that what we're experiencing, this pandemic, is exactly what they hope for. Like, I can't believe this happened because I have so been looking forward to exactly these conditions. It's beyond my wildest dreams and hopes. I could be wrong about that. But I strongly suspect that one thing we have in common is nobody expected this. And everybody, to some extent, has been impacted. Plans have been canceled. Trips have been canceled. Some people have lost jobs. Or their work has been impacted. All of us have been affected. And all of us have endured the impact of different degrees of isolation. It's different in different places. But for some of us, it's been piercingly lonely at times and confining. So I want to remind us of that Zen story about the farmer and the horse. And most of us know this. And if you don't, I'll tell it to you. It's very short. And actually, I think its roots are in Taoism. It's thousands of years old. And it's a story about life. And as the story begins, a farmer has a horse, a beautiful horse. Here comes the horse theme again. And not much else. And the horse breaks away and runs away. And the neighbor says, I'm so, so sorry about your horse. And the farmer says, who knows? Who knows if it's good or bad? And the neighbor is completely confused because he's come to him in compassion and seeing that the farmer has practically nothing. How could the farmer be so seemingly indifferent about the loss of this precious animal? But who knows? Maybe it's a defense. But the next day, the horse comes back with 12 wild horses. And the neighbor is like, oh, you were so right. You were so right not to rush to judgment. Congratulations. What a wonderful windfall. All these horses. 12 new horses instead of just one. But again, the farmer says, who knows whether it's good or bad? Who knows? So again, the neighbor's like, I give up on this guy. I've tried to be friendly, but I can't get a grip. And so the farmer's son gets on one of the wild horses attempting to train it, falls off and breaks his leg. So the neighbor runs out and, you know, in spite of deciding to have good boundaries with this difficult farmer, he can't help but express incredible compassion. I'm so sorry. Your son is hurt. And bounds weren't so easy to set on your own.
But again, the farmer said, who knows whether this is good or bad. So the very next day, everything always happens the very next day. The military comes because they've been pushed into battle and they're just recruiting everyone to go fight. But the son can't go because he has a broken leg. So the neighbor finally gets it. Who knows? Who knows? So the, the point of the story, and I'm sure you don't need it explained to you, is that we are living through conditions now that are uncomfortable. They're at, at the very least, they're inconvenient. If you want to take a trip to see a child, in my case, it would be a plane trip, and I can't go right now to another country. Or a, a train trip to see my friends. All of us are constrained in some way. And just because of that constraint, this uncomfortable sense of being cut off with no escape, no escape from yourself. Even those of us who can move about somewhat, things have changed. The world has changed. The world seems so different. And just because of those conditions, we can, at moments, discover something that we would discover no other way. We discover, because here we are, we're stuck with ourselves, so to speak. And we discover the power of coming home to sensation. First of all, it might seem just something kind of relaxing or nice to do, but we can try it right now, even as we're just listening, what it's like to really inhabit the body, to bring attention to the body fully, to listen from the body, listen to my voice, from the sensation of being present. And we begin to discover that this seemingly simple act is the beginning of a new relationship. And I was looking at a vow, I'm not going to read it, but it was like a bodhisattva vow to heal the suffering world, the divided world. To heal a suffering planet. And in a moment, you can feel quite overwhelmed by that. How do I even begin? How do I even sincerely want to do that? What do I call upon? And we're in conditions now where we get to discover that we can begin to heal the world and its suffering beings by starting with ourselves, with our relationship to ourselves to our experience. So I'm going to offer you an exercise that I've been working with pretty steadily for weeks now um, because I want to, you know, try out the merchandise. I don't want to offer you something that isn't real that isn't sincere. So this simple exercise is this. 
tonight when you're in bed or before you go to sleep and you're relaxed, think, invite yourself to remember your day, moments of your day, seeing yourself in the course of your day. Not just engaged in the way you think you should be, but also when you're avoiding something. Anytime. And add this. Kind attention. See this person with kind attention. See this person the way you'd see a dear friend, or better yet, a beloved pet, with this kind of curious and tender interest in what they're like. Or it could be a baby, where you're looking at them with interest. This is what they're like. This is what they're like. And you bring this kind of expansive interest to yourself. And in fact, you don't have to wait till tonight when you're doing this kind of review. But right now, an attitude of being with what's present that doesn't judge that has curiosity and interest. And we begin to see, I mean, I'm not spoiling it for you because I'm not sure what you'll find and I'd be eager to hear about it. But one thing I found is that in the midst of conditions like this that are so constrained, I begin to see that I can relate to the world in a new way. Because I can relate to myself in a new way at moments with compassion, with wisdom and interest, with that who knows mind. Who knows what this will lead to? Because what this might lead to for you is an experience of sincerity, an experience of real being that you never thought you would feel. Or you might have put it on your bucket list where if you had just the right retreat, you might be led to such circumstances. But right here, right now, in the thick of it, you may find yourself led. And before we sit, if I can find it, wanted to read. Oh, this is the other week I told a story by Kafka. So this is a quote that's very mysterious, but hopefully it will plant a seed and be mysterious in a good way. He said, no one sings as purely as those who inhabit the deepest hell. What we take to be the song of angels is their song. And when you first hear that, you might think, well, that seems a little masochistic or dark. But another way to understand it are those moments when you're in your solitude. When struggle gives way to a kind of relaxing and acceptance of self, of your experience, 
of what is that has a completely different quality. And I mean, this can be very fleeting, very, very fleeting, where you have a feeling of kind of kind friendliness towards yourself, compassionate allowing, a kind of understanding that isn't analysis, but being with life in a new way, where you can begin to see the things that seem to be just suffering, just suffering, something to be endured, are actually something that open a door to something more alive, more real, more present. So let's sit together. We take our seat. And make sure you're really comfortable. And really take that seriously. That this body and this heart and this mind deserves to be treated with care. With kind regard. Just let the back be as straight as you can. And the head and the neck. And let the eyes close. And if you're not comfortable with closed eyes, just avert them. But closed eyes is wonderful if you can. And just notice how it feels to be here. Today. And notice that there's an attention inside that softens us. It's not thinking, it's seeing. And see that everything keeps happening, thinking, sensing, feeling. And still we have an attention that can see without judging. And when we see that we're caught up in thinking, we gently guide ourselves home to the sensation of being in a body right now with others who seek what we seek to be here, present.
you begin to remember how vibrant we are. And there's an energy inside, a responsiveness that isn't thinking. See that no matter where you are, you can come home again. Back to the body, back to this moment. Noticing that we're not alone. that we're open to life. See that as we relax, a presence begins to appear. An awareness that isn't thinking. Closer to sensation.
us that this stillness is in isolation. It's alive and it's something we share. And notice that as we come home and relax, we become open to energies we usually don't notice, energies of attentiveness, of acceptance, of presence.
and see that you can come home anytime and be completely accepted, received by presence.
so much beautiful stillness present. I really was torn about interrupting it. I could see your postures, really beautiful. And the truth is that there's an eloquence in the silence that's greater than anything anybody could say and more healing. But um, I just wanted to say again about the exercise I suggested of seeing yourself reviewing the day. You know, when you remember and you'll forget it's very interesting to see that typically we remember moments that, well, I'll just use my hands, high statement, moments that make me cringe or resolve to do better. I must correct that behavior or, oh, I'm so glad nobody's seeing me. But what an extraordinary thing when we begin to include this reminder to bring kind attention, to begin to delight in the good. And say, like your impulse to come here, there's such an exquisite goodness in that to be here and share attention, to find something in ourselves. And, you know, as Mary Oliver, our patron saint, says in the wild geese, you don't have to be good. You don't have to crawl on your knees for a hundred miles in the desert repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. To begin to be able to see yourself in that kind light, delighting in moments when there's something to love. When you begin to discover that's every moment. Every moment. An impulse, an intention, something to have compassion for. And that as we begin to practice this way, we begin to understand what can guide us and support us in the world. What can we take heart from? What can help us? Things are so painful and crazy. We come home. Come home. Body, heart, and mind. Practice this kind attention. Touch the earth and it will support you in knowing what to do next. So thank you for your practice and for listening to me. And if you have any questions or comments, um, I'm open. And if you have stillness, I'm open. We're open. And we can, to go to close, this is an actual energy that can help heal the world and heal ourselves and what we're participating in right now is something good. So for the last five minutes, 
we will take our seats again and share this energy. And make sure you're muted. I'll make sure everybody's muted. Okay, so we'll just take a seat and bring the attention home again. Just honoring the good, the goodness in us that brought us here to practice, that animates our practice. Grateful for the stillness we share. And for the Sangha. And we offer ourselves the wish, may I be safe. May I be well. May I be free, free from all fear and oppression. And we open our heart, mind further and let this wish go outward to this community and to our beloved friends family, community. May we all be safe and well and free from all fear and oppression, hatred, delusion. And we let our hearts open further still and offer this wish, this energy in every direction across the ocean, embracing this whole country and every other country crossing the Atlantic, crossing the Pacific, embracing Newfoundland and Greenland and Iceland and the UK and the whole of Europe, the whole of India and Africa. the whole of Asia, feeling what it's like to let our heart-mind shine without limitation, always including ourselves in the circle of our compassion. May we all be safe, all beings, every form, every kind, known and unknown. May we be safe to thrive and belong as we're meant to be. May all beings everywhere without exception, be free in every way, free. Thank you for your practice. Thank you for your beautiful stillness and compassion 
and wisdom and take very good care of yourselves and I look forward to seeing you again. <laughs>